All right, superhumans, it's Boomer, and I'm in the amazing Asheville, North Carolina right now. It's fall. The leaves are turning amazing colors. I think I've said the word amazing a few times already, but it's just incredible. I'm here because, well, my parents live here, and it's a great place to visit. And as I've spent more and more time abroad, I've really started to value the amount of time that I get to spend with my parents. And so as I make more trips for business into the United States for conferences, etc., I usually try to anchor it with a trip to Asheville, North Carolina to get to see them. Plus, Thanksgiving's right around the corner and to be in the US for Thanksgiving is certainly something special. But Thanksgiving, my parents, Asheville, North Carolina, those aren't really what we're going to talk about today. Today, we're going to talk about constructing a healthy home environment. Before I go any further, the show notes for this one are going to be at decodingsuperhuman.com slash home environment, all one word, lowercase. And I'll link to everything that I mentioned today in the show notes. But before I delve into really what are going to be some actions and tools that you guys can use. Let me remind you about the purpose of these short episodes. The longer episodes are episodes with experts where we go in for an hour plus sometimes to talk about a very specific topic and to really suss out strategies as well as tactics for you to go and perform better. In these shorter episodes, I want to just give you the tools that you guys need to succeed, to thrive, to perform at an absolute epic level. So these are really action-packed and shorter. Now, why should you give a shit about a healthy home? I see you watching this, or I hear you watching to this and saying, watching to this, that's a great one. I hear you listening to this. And saying, hey, Boomer, you know, I have my cookie cutter, semi-customized home built in the Midwest that has three bedrooms, two baths, and was brand new. Why should I care? Well, since World War II, we've got thousands of new toxins introduced to our environment. Our bodies have evolved over time, but these toxins are brand new. And as a result, we're constantly fighting battles. And assuming that you spend a decent amount of time at your home... Wouldn't you want it to support your performance? Wouldn't you want it to enhance your performance rather than take away from your performance? And so what we want to avoid is instances of toxin overload. And I must say I owe a huge debt of gratitude here to Andy Pace. He's come on the show before, but he's educated me a lot in terms of my understanding of how to construct a healthy home. Full disclosure here. Everything that I'm going to lay out today is based on the research that I've done thus far. Please do your own research into this, but also note that whether it be six months down the line, a year down the line, new research comes out every day. And as a result, my thoughts, my opinions, my tools that I really select will change over time. And so these are reflective of my favorite tools to optimizing the home environment as of the end of November 2019. And I'm sure we'll refresh this over time. 
But before we delve into all these tools, why else should you care? Well, from a genetics perspective, many of us are actually predisposed to handling environmental toxins in a poor manner. Especially if we're bombarded with these things all day long, there's some of the interleukin genes which can indicate that we have predispositions to not being able to process a lot of these toxins in our environment. We're talking anything from plastic to air pollution to a number of different things. And so today, what I want to cover is ways to measure the health of your home environment, but also really just those tools where you can take action and start going on offense in your home today. So why don't we start with those tests? You guys, any of you who have been listening to the show for a very long time know that I'm a huge fan of measurement. I gather a lot of data on myself, sometimes on a daily basis, at least on a weekly basis, and certainly on a quarterly basis. In fact, let me retract that. I do gather myself, gather data on myself on a daily basis, things like the Aura Ring, my Garmin watch, etc. But today we're going to talk about how to evaluate your home. Because Lord Byron, and yes, Lord Byron, I believe, was the original one who said this, said what gets measured gets managed, and we're trying to manage a healthy home here. So the test that I would start with, there's something called the prism air test, which will measure toxins in your air in your home. And this you can get delivered to your home. And what happens is, is that you set it in the middle of your home, it takes samples of your air, and will provide you a list of toxins which you then need to get rid of. That's very useful, Right. But if you have a new home, an old home, and particularly if you have an old home, or if you live in a humid climate, like I did in Singapore, one of the things that you may want to look into is getting a mold inspector to come to your house. Why are mold inspectors useful? Well, many of us, myself included, have issues with mold allergies. Mold can be very cognitively draining on the body. And if you're exposed to mold and have a whole lot of brain fog, or if you just have a whole lot of brain fog, it's certainly worth paying, hell, when I did this, it was like 50 bucks to get an inspector to come into your house, look behind everything and make sure that your house does not have mold embedded anywhere really, because that can be an absolute cognitive disaster. And so we've done air, we've done mold. What about water? Well, we can certainly test for water quality And there's a number of different websites online where you can actually look at municipal water quality in the United States. But this is one of those things that I like to look at and say, most likely my water quality is not optimal. And so rather than spending money on the test, I'm going to actually go ahead and get a device. I'll talk about those devices in a moment. And the other test or device that I would purchase is an electromagnetic radiation measuring device. This is not an episode about EMF or EMR because we've covered that a number of different times on the podcast. But if you want an optimal home, if you want an optimal sleeping environment, getting a measuring device to be able to tell where you should put your bed so that you have the least exposure to electromagnetic frequencies and electromagnetic radiation overnight is certainly a worthwhile investment. I'll link to the ones that I like in the show notes. Based on this information, by the way, you can move your bed all around your room. You can certainly move your bed to another room and just really locate where is the optimal point for you 
to have the least exposure to electromagnetic radiation overnight. And so you've done all of your tests now. And you have really a map of the toxins in your home. Well, why don't we start talking about some of the tools that we can use to optimize our home? I like to call these the Captain Planet risk factors, and I'm pretty sure I've used that analogy on the podcast before. But if you recall Captain Planet way back when, it was earth, fire, wind, water, and probably something else. They all come together and they make Captain Planet. Well, in our home, earth, to a certain extent, fire, water, wind, all of these come together and make a high-performing home. And so if we're going to construct a high-performing home, let's start by breaking down some of these Captain Planet risk factors. Air, I alluded to it earlier, but a number, actually thousands of different toxins have been introduced to our environment that are new to us since World War II. Many of these actually are either off-gas from things like carpet or paints or a number of different things. Uh, For instance, insulation can be one as well. And these can come into our environment and be so small nanoparticles in our air that we don't even notice them and they're affecting our everyday well-being. Now, how do we rid ourselves of these particles? Certainly, HEPA air filters are a very good start, but HEPA air filters don't catch everything. And there's some certain VOCs that may actually get through. And so therefore we want to look at what is the next level of HEPA air filters? Because on this show, we don't deal with average. We want to live at next level. And so if you want to live at next level, you want to remove some of those toxins. The air filters that I like that are next level and have used for the most part are Austin Air, Air Dock, Molecule, and Brit, and each of those has different functions depending on the size of your home. Certainly, if you're trying to optimize the air in a single room, like a bedroom, the molecule is great. If you're looking for a larger space, the air doctor could be great. I also forgot IQ Air, and IQ Air makes a very good one, which I believe is actually medically certified. But I'll link to all of those in the show notes as well. And the point of these air filters is you can have them passively running in the background. And in the case of the air doctor, you can just have one or two of them in your house and it'll cycle the air and filter out all these particles throughout the day. And so there, your air is now taken care of. Let's get into light. And some of this, there is uh, some stipulation around electromagnetic radiation here. But like I said, I'm going to step away from that argument for a moment and just talk about light for a second. We are exposed greatly to LED bulbs. LEDs fuel our TV, they fuel most of our lights, and they're extremely efficient. They make our lives easier, we don't have to replace our bulbs as often, but they also contain more blue light in terms of spectrum. And if I'm going to optimize a home environment for performance, I'm going to be very cognizant of blue light because blue light exposure in the evening in particular can disrupt our sleep. This is not just in our eyes. 
but also on our photoreceptor cells and our, our, sorry, our skin receptors are able to sense blue light in the environment. And as such, we can actually switch our light bulbs. We can also look at certain technologies that allow us to strip out certain frequencies of light throughout the day. And so when I look at light and how to optimize my light environment at home, the simple way to do it or the cheap way to do it, maybe it's not cheap over time, but incandescent light bulbs and halogen light bulbs tend to have less blue light in their spectrum. Now, if you're filming at home, you can make yourself a little bit yellow. However, if you are advising people on performance and talking to them through video calls often, they may understand. If you wanted to take more of a high-tech version of this, and I certainly consider myself a technologist, there are more options available to you. These do involve the use of Wi-Fi, which if you're electromagnetically sensitive, you may want to avoid. But devices like the Philips Hue as well as LIFX allow you to pre-program light frequencies throughout the day, and you can strip out blue light, green light, late into the evening, which would allow you to effectively get a different night's sleep or a better night's sleep. There are some people that take this as hardcore as to turning on incandescent red light late into the evening or just red light in general to strip out the blue light, but you can take it as far as you want on the low cost end or the lower barrier to entry to get started. You can look at things like incandescent light bulbs and halogen lamps or halogen light bulbs. On the higher end of things, the Philips Hue certainly will be able to do this for you as well. Speaking of healthy home, do you want to know what my favorite new device I have in my home is? It's the Carol. The Carol allows me to get a very, very effective endurance workout in two 20-second sprints. When you combine that with warm-up and cool-down, the total workout is 8 minutes and 40 seconds. And I was absolutely shocked the first time I hopped on this thing to really experience such a burn in such a short period of time. Now, the way it works is through reduced exertion, high-intensity interval training. And you could check out my episode with the founders of Carol on this podcast. Or if you want to get one for yourself, you can go to carolfitai.com, use the code decoding150 for a super awesome discount. I love the guys at Carol. I love their device and I love what they're doing for the world. Go and check that one out and back to the show. So we've done air, we've done light. Should we go water or should we go earth next? Ah, let's go with earth. So earth is a key component to this. And yes, your home, whether or not you like it, unless you live in space, but if your home is built on this planet, theoretically, it's built on some sort of earth. The exception there being condominiums. But when we start to talk about earth, I want to get more into plants and houseplants because these can be used strategically to not only improve air quality, which they also do, but also to enhance the air that you're getting through your air filter. And what do I mean by that? And plus, it's just fun to have a freaking garden in your house. It's awesome, right? And so certain plants are much better at carbon dioxide cycling than others. 
my favorites, and I'll tell you why they're my favorites here in a second, because it's kind of funny. My favorites, which we have in our house, are English Ivy and then uh, Mother's Tongue. But English Ivy is great, not only because it cycles air fast and well, but it's almost indestructible. So when I go on these four, six-week trips, sometimes you know, the girl is traveling at the same time and we're not away from home. And you would expect that after a few weeks time that you'd come home and you'd find some of your houseplants dead. And certainly that does happen. But in the case of English ivy, it just seems to keep growing and growing and growing to the point where you have to trim it. It's quite an enjoyable plant to watch as well. So English ivy, mother's tongue, and if you're on the technology side of things, we had an episode with Aki Sudansari from Nava on the show. And I actually had a chance to catch up with Aki at the Biohacker Summit this year in Helsinki. And we were talking about really the consumer version of the Nava wall. So picture this. If you go into an office in some places in Finland and other places around the world, there is this giant wall full of green plants. That giant wall full of green plants is powered by artificial intelligence and internet of things technologies. And it allows you to optimize your air quality in your office. If you go back to that episode, I mentioned it to Aki, but I was really excited about this device, not only for office environments and office environment performance, but really I wanted one in the home. And I hope I'm not breaking any surprises here, but I did see a prototype for a home device from Nava, that's N-A-A-V-A, that is going to be coming out in the next couple of months put it by our bed. And wow, I can't wait to breathe that beautiful, fresh air. So now we've covered earth through sort of a way of plants. And by the way, certainly getting outside and grounding, that's all very important and getting your bare feet on the earth or getting grounding mats and PEMF devices is very important. But those are subjects for another episode. Now we've covered air, we've covered light, we've covered earth. Let's get into water. And I think we're going to call it quits after water today. Water is very important. Well, duh, that's for sure. If you don't drink water, chances are you're not going to live very long. But let's look at water because tap water In certain cases, I mean, the one that immediately comes to mind is the old Flint, Michigan story can be downright hazardous, but water can contain certain chemicals, which are just not good for you. And if that is the case, how do we optimize our water? I'm not going to go through the technologies here that I don't like. I don't necessarily want to be negative towards certain technologies that make claims that just aren't simply true. Instead, let's go through two that I like, have had exposure to in the past, or use in this moment. So those two are reverse osmosis filtering and the Berkey. First, reverse osmosis. Reverse osmosis essentially removes everything from your water, the good, the bad, the ugly. And so with that, you do have what I would, for lack of a better term, call dead water. If you are doing reverse osmosis filtering, yes, it's a very useful tool for getting rid of the bad, but you want to add back in the good. 
So you need mineral stones for that. The one I have at home is the Berkey and I love my Berkey. Suffice to say, it's probably one of the top 10 devices that I have in my house. But the Berkey is a way where you input tap water into your, I guess you can call it pitcher or jar or however you want to describe it. And it filters through a number of different filters. And you can certainly add filters there too. You can add fluoride filters. You can add certain other filters as well. And we'll link to all of the Berkeys in the show notes. But you can add water at let's say before you go to bed and you'll have fresh, really good, high quality water first thing in the morning that you can really pour from your filter and your Berkey. Just one piece of advice for those listening out there. The Berkey does come with a plastic nozzle. I'd replace that. They have a metal nozzle. It's a couple of bucks. It's worth it uh, because nobody needs exposure to plastics. And I will round out on that plastics point. Wow, that was an unintended segue, but I'm going to go there. So plastics. Okay. This is somewhat controversial here because people will say, okay, if I have BPA-free plastics, should I just use those? I'm going to go ahead and say, why not get rid of them? There's plenty of options out there for better alternatives. Some of the Yeti bottles, but also looking more towards glass. Uh, There are a few glass products out there, and I have one here, but the name escapes me, that I'll link to in the show notes, that can replace plastic indefinitely. And so I make it a point to just avoid plastic wherever I can. This includes plastic lids, anything plastic, because my belief is, is that, and I know from my genetics that I predispositions to not being able to handle environmental toxins. Well, plastics include some of those thousands of toxins that have been introduced in our environment since World War II. And I don't need those in my body. So I look to replace plastic actively with things like glass. This can be dishes as well, too. All right. We're just over 20 minutes now, and so I'm going to wrap up. But the show notes for this one are at decodingsuperhuman.com slash home environment. Leave me some feedback, homies, superhumans. I would love to hear from you. Podcast at decodingsuperhuman.com is where you can reach me. For those of you who have taken advantage of that, you know that I read every email. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes We can use some love on the ratings. In fact, I would love to get more and more ratings for the podcast. Leave us five stars, leave a comment, and pretty soon I'm going to start giving away some free merch. You heard it here. I think that's a 2020 plan. But thank you guys for listening as always. I appreciate you. Have an epic day.